Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's me, Steve. Uh, thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by AdamEve.com. Uh, but Steve, isn't it Adam and Eve? The company is Adam and Eve. The website is AdamEve.com. Uh, and if you go there right now, you can buy a lot of sex stuff. I like sex stuff. I was I was raised in kind of a religious household where uh, I was taught that sex and all sexually related things were embarrassing and taboo, and some things are really hard to shake. So I still have trouble going into a sex store and buying shit in front of people. So AdamEve.com takes away that awkwardness. You can go on and be your perverted self and buy anything you want. Do you like butt plugs? You could get a butt plug and no one would ever know it. You can buy it at AdamEve.com. You can also go in and put in the promo code Steve. That's my name, Steve. Get it? That's why we have that as the promo code. If you put in that promo code Steve, you will get 50% off on most items that you get at AdamEve.com. Condoms? Do you like to fuck? Sure, who doesn't? You don't want to get a chick pregnant. You don't want to get a disease. So you can buy condoms. A lot of the time, cheaper than most condoms you buy in stores. You can buy them in bulk. For those of you who do a lot of fucking, not like me, but um, I, I could probably get a case of condoms and it would last me the rest of my life. Um, that's a whole nother story, though. So go to AdamEve.com. Buy sex stuff till your heart's content. Buy dildos. Buy, buy tit, tit clamps. Is that a thing? Yeah. Titty clamps. I, 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 I've seen them. I know that's a thing. Nipple clamps. That's what they're called. Buy them. Buy anything you want, and no one will know about it unless you show them or leave it out on your coffee table. But that's on you. Anyway, go to AdamEve.com, enter the promo code STEVE, get up to 50% off on most items, and as a bonus incentive, you'll get uh, three uh, porno movies, three adult films. Do you like porno parodies? Oh, not porno parodies. I <laughs> Do you like... Yeah, porn parodies. That's what they're called. I'm an idiot. Uh, th- there's a porn parody of the movie Clerks. How about that? Clerks had everything except full penetration, and now you can get that in the porn parody of Clerks. Uh, so go there. Browse around all you want. I'm sure you'll find shit you didn't even know existed. And buy it, and uh, a lot of times get it for 50% off if you enter the promo code Steve. So go to AdamEve.com. And enjoy yourself. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. It's me, Steve. Uh, This week's episode features my good friend, Duncan Trussell, uh, who also has a uh, podcast here on the Feral Audio Network called the Dunkel Trussin Family Fussin. We got to leave that. We're leaving that in the intro. It's called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. I get really tongue-tied the older I get, and I'm conf- I'm convinced it's because I'm about to have a stroke. Um, 
But uh, Duncan is one of my favorite people to talk to. He's got some great insights and points of views that uh, that just blow my mind. And um, we get into a lot of that here. So please sit back and enjoy this episode of Steve Agee uh, with Duncan Trussell. Pee in my mouth. That's supposed to be good for you, like a little bit of your own urine, right? Yes. Yeah, they say that it's got antibodies in it, but this is one of these untested hippie theories. I don't understand how that can be how – how it can be healthy for you. It feels like a trick a very clever man played on on somebody, like a man with a piss fetish was hanging out with a <laughs> dumb guy who had a cold. Like I've heard that Woody Harrelson will – Drink like a lot of those hippie guys will like drink their it, own not place. like a cup of it, but just like a few drops of their own urine every morning, and it's got to be the mor- morning urine for some reason. The first morning urine is the best urine. But I urinate a lot through the night. Like, I can't sleep through the night. I wake up a lot, and um... well, try drinking your piss. Maybe <laughs> the next. Next time you wake up in an insomniac haze, <laughs> just go drink a glass of piss. They find me dead, and they're like, I think he died in his sleep. And then they do the autopsy, and they're like, oh, yeah, he died in his sleep, but from urine consumption. Yeah, he poisoned himself with his own foul urine. I don't see how it can be good for you at all, because it's already in you. It's already in your body. You know what I mean? Well, I like the idea that your body is some kind of dispensary of medicine and it just pisses out health. And that's like when the aliens designed <laughs> yeah. us, that was one of their yeah. clever components. <laughs> they got forgotten after yeah. the Great Flood. It used to be everyone just like, drink, you're, you're, you're cold. you have a cold, drink your piss and yeah. you're better right away. Yeah. Take, take two shots of piss and call me in the morning. <laughs> I, I'm not feeling so good at I need some urine. Maybe that's why people used to live so long in the Old Testament, because they were always drinking their piss. Oh, don't even get me fucking started on that. On the age of people in the Old Testament? or Yeah, that's fucking impossible. To live that long? Yeah. Right? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. You know, you talk to like... When you talk to some of the geneticists that are working on uh, life extension right now... Yeah. They think that it's highly probable that within the next hundred years or so, the human lifespan is going to double. But if the human lifespan doubles, then during that additional 70 years, it will double again and double again. Yeah. And think of the population explosion. That's a, that's a, actually, that's, that's an, that's an idea that people have that isn't really true. A lot of the cities are having a negative population right now. Yeah. So that, that's one of the ideas of, um, life extension is that the planet would become overrun. And I think, yeah, it seems like that's the case. But this guy I talked to, this geneticist, is like that is really a, a the idea. Like if we get to that place in our species, in the life of our species, that suddenly we're living so long that we're becoming overpopulated, years. we'll probably be able to go into space, colonize the moon. and Yeah, deep space travel especially. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh... – <sighs> It was like a year or two ago, and I can't remember if it was a documentary or, you know, a discovery show or something. And they were talking about that in like, like, yeah, within, you know, a few decades, people will be living a lot longer. And they had a guy as an example. There's this guy who um, he's living by a very strict diet. Like he counts 
everything he eats. Is like, that Kurzweil? No, it's not Kurzweil. I saw that documentary, was, which was really interesting. But this is a guy who he... He, he measures just meticulously everything he eats in the morning, and it's just all organic. Everything's organic, and I, I, I want to say raw, too, but I'm not sure. And he exercises regularly. And this guy that they were showing was like – I think he was like in his 50s, and they were doing all these medical tests on him, and they said, this guy's got the body of like a 25-year-old wow. person. Like he's in perfect physical health. Yeah. And he did not look 50 at all. He, yeah. He looked like he was in his late 20s or something. Well, it's a – you know, there's – the we have such an ability – we have such a heightened capacity to control what we put into our bodies now because we have such a variety to choose from compared to so many other yeah. points in history. But then the problem is uh, corporations have managed to – Poison the food supply so Monsanto, that they can make, yeah. yeah, not just Monsanto, but people who make pudding pops or people yeah. who make Twinkies or anything that's got sugar in it yeah. is pro- is really bad for you. Um, it's really really bad. So we have this combination ultra accessibility to vegetables and any kind of vegetable you want at any time in the year you can have. Yeah. That's amazing. But then that's mixed in with when you go to get the vegetables, you're walking down rows of things and boxes or or rows of boxes filled with food that you've been taught since you were a kid is totally fine. Yeah. Cereal. Yeah. Totally fine to eat chocolate, chemically dyed flakes every morning. Yeah. Like, how is that? How does that? How is that okay? But when I was a kid, fucking Lucky Charms, Fruit Loops. We had every kind of cereal in our pantry. Like, yeah. Every, like, shitty cereal. Cookie Crisp. Mm. Oh. But it was good. Shit is good as fuck. Good as fucking that milk. <laughs> shifts into oh, whatever weird That's the color. best part is yeah. after you finish the cereal and you have this like cookie flavored milk. Yeah. Milk. Yeah. Milk? Milk. Milk. Look at now think about what that substance is. What you have there in your bowl is a a a, a mixture of cow hormones yeah. and steroids injected into the cow. <laughs> Colored from dye, mm. put in fried crisps mm. oh, that you just say. <laughs> I know. Sounds so good. It's so good. It's exactly what mice probably say as they're chewing on poison pellets. It's like yeah. this is delicious. Oh, we fucking hit the jackpot. Yeah, yeah. And then you just, and then you know, down the road, you you've got fucking cancer. Down the road, you have some kind of like insane, weird ailment. And you wonder why. What could it be? And it's not just in the manufactured food. It's in, like, produce now and everything. Yeah, yeah. You have to, yeah. And the pesticides and the, the growth hormones they put in that manure and shit. Yes, but all completely avoidable, all easily avoidable. You just have to be willing to forego your desire to eat fried, crisp, packaged shit. I heard... <laughs> I, th- I think I, I, it sounds believable to me, but like that there's no cancer in like countries that don't have like this kind of like in Africa, certain parts of Africa, there's just they don't have cancer because they're not eating processed, you know, foods. I don't know. I don't know the statistic, but I'm always I'm so sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm always. Uh... <laughs> and that's our commercial music. We're going to go to a break right now. Do you really have commercials on here? No. Hey, oh, shit. I, I do at the beginning and at the end. Ah, so so sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I, I don't, I, I, if you consider, 
Like, you just look at anything that you're eating and ask yourself. You know. You know immediately if this is a good thing. Like, Coke. Take Coke. Oh, Diet Coke. Huge fan sitting here. I loved Diet Coke. I used to drink Diet Coke by the fucking liters. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Bubbling brown sweet water. Yeah. Straight out of a fucking chemical vat. Interestingly enough. Nothing natural looks like that. You know the number one importer of legal coca in the United States is Coca-Cola. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, because they- They still use it? They still use it. They extract the cocaine from the leaves, and the cocaine is sold to the people who make Oxycontin because they use it in pharmaceutical-grade cocaine. Oh shit. Yeah, absolutely. And the amount of cocaine that they produce, who the fuck knows? And do you think all that cocaine goes to- medicinal cocaine like what they use for eye surgeries but wait, wait no. they use medicinal cocaine and y- yeah yeah how do they use it in eye surgery i don't know it's a quick google search because i'm like come on what's fucking pharmaceutical grade cocaine and then yeah. i looked it up and it's it has medical uses which i'm not aware of, of any of them except something about eye surgery but you know uh, when, when you consider the, the fact that you somewhere you know in in, in coca-cola or somewhere at some pharmaceutical company there's probably a just gallons and yeah. gallons of liquid cocaine. cocaine. That is just pure money. Better There's than our next co- script, man. Let's <laughs> a heist. Yeah. It's, they break into a soda factory. Yeah, and take all the all the extracted <sighs> cocaine. Like nobody knows. Probably no one even knows that. Probably after hearing this podcast, like someone's the Coca Cola factory is going to get swarmed by a mob <laughs> of coke addicts. Or some one of the guy, one of the thieves falls into one of the vats of liquid cocaine and fucking turns o- into a OD. superhero. Yeah, yeah, like the Toxic <laughs> Avenger, yeah. Coke Man. He's just really fucking amped and like has like incredible ideas. Like every focused. two seconds. Yeah. Well, then a time machine. I think I figured it out. I know how we can go back in time. For reals, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should write a book about us going back in time. Where are you guys going? I'm not done talking to you. <laughs> I, I can't sit here by myself. Come That's on. his power. He just bores people. <laughs> he has this ultimate capacity to just wither conversations, destroys parties. He they goes s- into Congress and starts filibustering. <laughs> like, it just empty. They fucking empties out the fucking Congress. <laughs> he could clear Syria. They send him into Syria. He just walks around talking and just everyone flees. Hey, you, you from around here? <laughs> um. We were talking before we came in here. We were talking about the Oculus Rift because mm. I post. I've posted a few. I don't know if you've seen them on my Instagram. A uh, few videos. Yes, I did of the Oculus Rift. Yeah, um, mostly of other people because it, it frankly makes me nauseous. I've heard. I've heard that it causes a little a little vertigo. But it's. I think that's because it's still in the beta phase, and they don't have the head tracking right yet. Right. You know, it's. You put on these goggles. For those who don't know, Oculus Rift is a virtual reality set of goggles. And you put it on and you can go into these virtual worlds. I have a friend who who's a, a game designer and he's got an Oculus Rift and he's he's the one who who's you know been letting me try it out and stuff with my friends. And um he's cracking games like and making mods for like we play Left for Dead. Wow. Which is a great game on Xbox. It's a great like first person shooter, but 
They've modded it so that you can put on these virtual reality goggles, go into it was Left 4 Dead 2, go into the game and just stand there and look around and you're in the fucking video game with with fucking zombies. That sounds scary. The videos I've posted online are mostly of my friend Valinda who's freaking out. Really fucking freaking out at these zombies and shit and um the f- one of the first times we were <laughs> Using it, she was playing with it, and she like kept falling off the couch because she was like, she was like trying to. She really thought she, you know, had the sensation of being in that world, and she would fall off the couch, hit her head on the fucking table. <laughs> like we had wait. to stand next to her and hold her down. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait! Mine's coming! Mine's on! Mine's coming! The order's processed. They're about to ship it. They send you these delightful little updates yeah. about when you're going to get yours, and they're fucking. Very inexpensive for what it's... 300 bucks. Yeah, for what it's doing. It's really inexpensive. 300 bucks to burrow into the imagination. Because that's what these things are. They're tunnels into the imagination. They're tunnels into yeah. virtual worlds. And I, I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited about what, what where we're headed yeah. um, with that stuff. Because, you know, right now, of course, they're just modding games. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're just... And there's a lot of... They're not games, but they have like these, they can insert you into these uh, worlds, you know, like that's, there's no game to it. There's no, um, you're not trying to achieve anything. You just go, go into like a forest. Right. Or there's one, I wish I knew the names of them offhand. There's one where you're just in space traveling through the planets. Wow. It's just very slow. That one doesn't really make me nauseous. It's just amazing. And you look around as you pass the sun and- Wow. Yeah, that's incredible, and 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 it's just going to get, you know. For example, like here, there, there's a lot of interesting things happening uh, right now with technology, um, and and one of them is uh, the fact that everyone's taking pictures now all the time, and then when Google Glass comes out, it's going to be every every moment in reality is eventually going to be digitized. So yeah. it's like reality, whatever this quantum soup is, yeah. is now being engulfed. By computers, it's being uh, there's this alchemical reaction where computers are transforming reality into ones and zeros mm-hmm. and encoding that permanently. So it's so um, we're leaving these digital footprints everywhere, kind of yeah. like in the when when uh, you know you find the petrified dinosaur footprint yeah. stuck in the soil. Well, now it's like the footprint of humanity right. is being permanently fossilized in the flesh of technology yeah. and that uh is is really curious because with the kind of temporal and geographic record of events uh all you really need is a thing that could then compo- bring those things together that could then right. composite those things together to create a flowing um digital uh recording of history and right. then and to interpolate uh, the bits that weren't picked up. If someone walks out of the frame of someone's uh, recorded vine, or if someone like walks out, picks what up it, somewhere pick, else. Yeah, yeah, so you get a simulator to interpolate what those people might do, and then you mix that in with some something that um, uh, transforms that digital information into a, a very realistic reality that's indistinguishable from this reality. Yeah. And now what you have is a digital time machine where yeah. you can travel backwards to any point that the thing began to be recorded and uh, to any you know place where 
people were recording information. Yeah, like if they had had like Google those Google Glass glasses, you know, in World War Two. Yes, you could completely experience a fucking concentration camp. Yes, from yes. everyone's different point of view. Yes, and a bat and a battle, and then it's it's not just that. It's that not only do we have the ability to record people, but now we have facial scanning yeah. technology or facial recognition technology that will connect yeah. that being to their social uh, DNA. And yeah. then with a computer that was uh, clever enough and fast enough, theoretically, you could take all of the interactions from their entire lifetime, every tweet, every communication, everyone they knew, and maybe from that, you could actually manufacture an artificial intelligence yeah. and bring that person back to life. Digitally resurrect that person using behavioral algorithms so that you could communicate with your great-grandmother in the future just by finding an, a picture of her that can scan into her uh, repository of tweets and emails. Sadly, I feel like this shit's going to be after my fucking lifetime. Well, here's where it gets really, really mind-fucky, which is that the... That we might already be experiencing that. Yeah. And that, don't know. That's what this is, because... We're inside of a, a past event. Yes. Yeah. That's the idea. Because the the odds that a civilization will create this technology for the first time or that you're existing in a civilization yeah. that would create this technology for the first time when we're dealing with a relatively infinite amount of time uh, that, that or, or we're dealing with the expanse of all time and space. The idea that on this planet, this would be the first civilization that created this sort of digital resurrection yeah. uh, is really slim. It's much more likely that it's already happened. Yeah. So that means that, you know, we are in some kind of telescopic <laughs> we're, we're some other civilization's low-tech video game. Yeah. Like, not video game, but like virtual world. Yeah. Or, or it could just be like in the same way we like to plant seeds to, to grow food, maybe some advanced technology likes to grow novelty, likes to grow books, likes to grow drama, yeah. likes to grow all the various things that spring out of human culture. Because if you were really wanting to innovate or if you had some company, uh, you would want and you would still want to use like organic bioprocessors to yeah. come up with all the great ideas that they tend to come up with just for the for fun. Because it's like, oh, look, your machine produced a series of books by Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, look, Edgar Allan Poe. He that digital rep replicant creates some amazing poetry. But they didn't. To these people, it's not they. They made a you know Pablo Picasso painting, like they they're looking at it as like oh the this person create is Pablo. How am well sure? I mean, if you could do that, I mean, think about that. Think if there was a way right now just to feed like in. my avatar created. You know, Guernica or these yes. works of art. But maybe different ones. You know yeah. what I mean? Because, like, if, if theoretically you could take Pablo Picasso and digitally reproduce Pablo Picasso, you, you had scanned his brain. You had a, a, a very accurate, um, high-resolution, almost atomic map of his neurology. Uh, and then you could somehow replicate that, digitize it, then you could place that being in so many different situations. Like, what would have happened if Picasso... <laughs> it's like Weird Science. Yeah, the yeah. The movie Weird Science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feed all that information into a computer and yes. then create... Yes, create a being. Of 
an actual physical version of that. Oh yeah, or one living within the within the machine. I mean, yeah. creating a physical version, of course, is going to be possible too because um, we've got three D printers yes. now, and then you just insert the intelligence into the thing. And, that, and now you have like a walking thing, but you're not going to want to do you that. You could digital. You could make a 3D printout of a cat or a dog, yeah, and then put the intelligence of a human inside of that animal. You could do a lot of that's. It's going to be. There's going to be a lot of ethical problems. Like you'll see, <laughs> you'll 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 see like the as we get closer and closer to this. Uh, all, all we're talking about here is. Um, technologically enhanced self-expression. That's what all this is. It's just um, ways to uh, express yourself or embody yourself um, so that you're no longer trapped in this uh, yeah. one body. That's a, that's that's a thing that really sucks right now is that we have to we're, – we're forced to live within this identity that we didn't really have any control over. It just sort of is a mixture of this DNA strands that have yeah. been bringing up from the big bang and that's annoying so what is the there's a things humans want man and one thing humans want is aside from wanting to fly or be able to suck your own dick it's to be <laughs> it's to be able to experience alternate lifetimes alternate yeah. personalities what would it be like to be someone completely different so that's pure it's to get out of your own boring body and ultimate experience for, ultimate yeah. forgiveness ultimate <laughs> yeah. ultimate yeah. baptism because now in your new digital space that you've gone into with the 15th generation rift and some kind of mix of neural stimulants that allow you to experience uh, yeah. completely different realities, yeah. you're no longer encumbered by your history and your past and the illusion of who you are. You can now experiment with being all these various beings and egos and things. And from that, I think uh, humanity will get a lot of wisdom. I hope so. And also just punch hookers. Like in, like in, <laughs> Grand, yeah. Are you playing Grand Theft Auto? Yes. Fuck, man. I got it a week ago, and I'm just... I've been making myself dizzy. I've been playing so much. Oh, it is a wonderful game, and it's it's really exciting. The game's very exciting to me because it's just such a fantastic simulator. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's such a um, hilarious parody, and you're seeing this combination of all these beautiful... Um, evolutions of uh, entertainment yeah. being, you know, com threaded together in this game, which yeah. is, you know, music, uh, just like, you know, uh, just the fun of playing the game. And but being someone from Southern, who grew up in Southern California, like all the landmarks that you can see in this game that are modeled after Los Angeles, it's crazy. Crazy. I drove to the comedy store. Yeah, me too. I took a photo, a selfie of myself in front of the comedy <laughs> It's called, what's it called? Like the side splitter or the... The side splitter. And it's, that, that's yeah, and it's, it's got like a Groucho Marx face on the front of it. But it's it, got the parking lot in the back and yeah. yeah. And, but when you run through the, like where all the comics smoke weed, when you run back there... It just turns into some other place. Yeah. It's not there at all. So, yeah, it's kind of a... But Carney's is right next door. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's, you know, and that's on a... That's the next generation consoles are coming out in November. This yeah. is a... We're talking, this is kind of the... I, I suppose it's the last hurrah for <clears throat> Xbox, but... Yeah. The the way they've maximized the processors in those th in, in in those games is so amazing. The graphics are really really good. Well, it's funny when you first 
click, you know, play Grand Theft Auto, the amount of time it takes to load. You know what I yes. mean? Like, you're looking at a good three or four minutes of sitting there waiting oh, yeah. for it to load. Yeah, it takes time to get get it going. These these new consoles are going to be so cool. I'm really, really, really excited about these. And I've heard that there's a possibility that PlayStation is going to have their own VR goggles to kind of really? compete with the Rift. Yeah, and then Xbox has a uh, projection projection technology you've seen that uh-uh. so it's a it's somehow it's a it's a projector that interacts with the connect so that it will sort of project onto the wall it can it'll take a picture of your living room oh, no. and then it can like reproduce it and project a warped version of your living room onto yeah. your living room so now your li- living room's kind of like undulating or trippy looking Jesus Christ or it can um you know, expand the game so that the game is actually slightly on the floor a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, what what you're seeing in that, what you would, all of this stuff, what we're seeing is the ultimate wedding between uh, organic life and inorganic life. And that's yeah. what the singularity is. Yeah. It's that final fusion between the inorganic and the organic. We want to merge yeah we want to merge it's like when you're really in love with someone and you're like ah i would just like to melt into them and feel what that's like (laughs) to be them yeah that's what's happening with technology because we're having this love affair with technology and now it's reaching this crescendo where we finally can begin to actually like we're getting to third base with technology like we're about to start fucking the machines we're already doing it you know in a in a masturbatory way when we watch pornography and jerk off but it's about to get to the point with haptic technology i can't wait for for them to inject like fucking little anti-disease bots into my bloodstream that'll just go seek out the fucking shitty you know cancers and stuff Uh, yeah the synthetic uh white blood cells that they're talking about or the uh, red blood like new red blood cells that process oxygen yeah uh so that you you know you'll be able to run 10 miles as fast as you can with just very little very little fatigue yes i can't run 50 feet without being fatigued (laughs) (laughs) well man i mean you could change that you could change that anytime you wanted to my friend speaking of the oculus rift he he just bought uh this um it's it's like a treadmill the omni the omni it's a 360 degree treadmill you can walk in it wraps around you it's got a railing that goes around you You so you don't walk off of it he just bought one i didn't know you could still get those now and you walk on it in any direction and you use it with the oculus rift so you can literally walk around in this world have you done it yet He, he hasn't gotten it yet He's ordered it. Because I went to the website to see if I could order one, and it seemed like they weren't going to be available for a while. But, yeah, you know, the Omni, I don't know enough about it. I, I want one, but I, it seems a little weird because, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a brilliant solution, but I think you have to wear these special shoes, and there's, like, gro- there's yeah. grooves in it. Yeah. And it's just sort of like you're sliding through these grooves. So yeah. it's... Well, that's the one weird thing with the Oculus Rift is even though you're in this first-person game... And you can look all the way around, like, you know, playing uh, – w- they were modding Skyrim last time I was over at his house, which is crazy. But you can be walking towards, you know, a, a fucking village and while you're moving – you still have to use the thumbsticks to move forward and stuff. But you can literally just, as you're walking forward, turn your head in real life or all the way around 
and you can see what's behind you. But the only thing is you're still sitting. Are like they you're connecting not... the Rift to their Xbox? Uh, yeah. How? It, it's a weird thing where it's going through a PC, Xbox into a PC, and then uh, it's really complicated. I don't fucking understand it. These guys are sitting there. I'll walk in, and they've got their computers all hooked up to it, and they're, like, modding the shit, and I don't shit. understand any of it. Isn't that crazy? Like, at this very moment, right now, countless, probably millions of people are all working on different things that are actually the exact same thing. Yeah. They don't even know that well, many of them aren't aware of the fact that they're all working on the same thing, but basically yeah. what they're doing is they're constructing a time machine. Yeah. They don't even know it. They just think I'm working to mod games and I'm working to like create a immersive environment yeah. or immersive reality. The big argument is um, what is reality? That's going to be one of the great debates of this coming wave of technology, which is there's going to be the people who are uh, what I've been calling first worlders, people who think that because a thing is a natural construction that came out of the earth randomly due to the shifting of the tectonic plates and the fertilization of soil yeah. by seeds, that that is, has a higher value than the uh, digital experience. And, you know, that is a, a, a completely valid argument right now because sure. the digital experience is extremely limited. But 100 years from now, will it be limited? And if yeah. it isn't limited, then what is a more valid experience? Yeah. Or it's like the people who, like, if you had a wonderful psychedelic trip and you start telling them these realizations you had, they'll discount your realization. You were high, man. It yes. does Yeah. You were imagining it all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very, that, that sort of, that type of person, most of those people don't even realize it, but they've been completely conditioned by a series of like philosophical movements that happened in the paradigm related to scientific materialism. And, uh, um, uh, uh and I think before that, uh, just this concept that somehow shit that pops out of the earth, um, is, is, is this stuff, this stuff that we're in right now, this reality, the this proper reality, reality this yeah. thing that we're in right now is a, <clears throat> a swirl of quantum soup that is being converted into biochemical, uh, some kind of biochemical reflection that happens within us that we call reality. Yeah. So it's not being digitized, but it's being transformed. The photons, the sound waves, everything's being shifted into uh, some kind of neurological corollary that somehow <laughs> matches yeah. reality. And and so already we're not experiencing reality. We're experiencing the imprint of these waveforms that are happening all around us as they pass through our uh, our our fucking brains dude so it's like it already isn't the first world it already is a second world an instantaneous an instantaneous second world still a second world so why not go deeper well it's really weird i uh you know i've only done acid like twice one time i was dosed and didn't know i'd done acid and it was it was the first time i had ever hallucinated too i'd never done mushrooms at that point i had I'd, I'd never fucking hallucinated and I was at a concert and I got dosed and the shit I was seeing was so realistic that that I couldn't I couldn't tell like it seemed real like yeah. smoke coming out of the speakers at the concert like wow. 
you know, looked as real as this, you know, microphone that's in front of me. Yeah. Like, it, it looked like I could gr- actually touch it, you know, and smell it. And um, it's fucking amazing what the human brain is capable of. Yes. Yeah. And especially, the you know, when you realize that everyone's running on a different uh, soup, a different mix of this stuff, yeah. then you can see, you know, there's this spectrum that we consider to be uh, sanity or waking reality, or I think some people call it consensus reality, which is like, here's what's real. We all agree on this. This is all real. And then as you sort of move out of that um, zone of understanding, you go through, you know, people who are schizophrenic, people who are... Uh, you know, mystics, babies, and then yeah. also, of course, animals and all the various experiences that the, the 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 experience that a cockroach must have of reality compared to what we have. It yeah. is an alternate dimension for the cockroach. Yeah. You know, it's some kind of biochemical or some kind of like uh, they they're scent. They're all it's just scent. It's some it's like. Whatever weird pheromones they leave around to follow, who knows? I don't know. I can't believe I'm trying to think of how a cockroach thinks. But it, it's the point is the consensual consensus reality is not reality. It's just what everyone agrees on. It's like, oh, this is it. This is totally it. For example, way, way back in the day, way back in the day before the optic nerve had evolved and things were swimming around in whatever briny soup that they <laughs> yeah. were in. It was just darkness and sensation and right. whatever they used to find food, but they were surrounded by primordial coral reefs and yeah. giant beasts swimming through that sea that they couldn't they couldn't comprehend or even imagine existed. And then as the optic nerve began to develop, their experience of reality shifted so that it went from this dark thing into something a hundred percent. What, a totally different dimension altogether. And to think that that movement into newer and deeper experiences of what reality is stopped with the development of the opti- optic nerve or the uh, expansion of the neocortex that allowed for consciousness or um, all the variety of uh, uh, psychic or neurological evolutions that have happened to life, to think that stopped? Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah. It hasn't stopped. Yeah. So there is another thing that's going to happen. There's another move forward that's going to happen for us where we eject from this current reality and probably uh, begin to exist in designer realities that are uh, created by corporations. We're already kind of there. Yeah. They do influence our thought patterns and the, they do influence. Like total recall type yes. shit. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like our subjective reality is going to just fragment into thousands and thousands of these other possible lives that we can live in. And then within those lives, that's going to fragment, too. And that's that kind of telescoping inward that they say is already happening and and that it's what we're in right now. Because what would be more fun? What's more fun? What would be more fun in, 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 a, in a lifetime yeah. than suddenly to realize that you are – no longer encumbered by your physical body, that you could express yourself in any way that you wanted to, that you could experience the thoughts and feelings of the entire planet through some kind of um, uh, new internet that allows people to, you know, an empathic internet that allows you to sort of telepathically translate feelings from one person to the next. That would be so fun. That's like winning the game. Isn't that just how video games work? Like, yeah, oh, that's why video games are so awesome. Yes. 
I'm back in World War Two right now. I'm flying a fucking fighter plane. But in the video games, like part of the rush is that as you progress through the game, it begins to expand more and more. Yeah. You know, at first it starts off where you can just walk. Then suddenly you're driving a car. Then suddenly like that wonderful game Far Cry 3, I yeah. think. And it goes from like, you know, suddenly you have a wingsuit and now you can jump from cliffs and yeah. fly. And there's something addictive and exhilarating about realizing that the uh, world that you're in has now um, completely changed by your ability to move through it. That's right. really exciting. So, uh, coincidentally, that appears to be happening for our species. That's about to happen for our species, which is that we're all about to have access for the first time, as far as I'm aware, in all of human history, to sticking our heads into digital simulations that are very similar to this one. I'm actually shocked with the Oculus Rift that it's taken this long. Because I remember in like the 90s when video games were starting to progress, like the, the talk of virtual reality. Like they made movies about virtual reality and it was like the shit of science fiction, but it didn't seem like anyone was really working on it. You know what right. I mean? And now all of a sudden this Oculus Rift pops up, which I had not heard about until about a month and a half ago. And I'm like, you know, I try it on. I'm like, you know, game designers are designing these worlds like in you, the first person shooters. Like that world is always there. It takes it took, you know, making an Oculus Rift for you to like look around and see it. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't why wasn't this happening sooner? I mean, I bet there are a lot of different reasons. I, I imagine that it had... Technology, Because they I guess. did have it. I mean, I remember the old VR goggles. They were these giant fucking things. Or, yeah. You know, they would have tank simulators, flight simulators for training. Yeah. You know, which were uh, uh, rudimentary uh, v VR goggles. Some of them not rudimentary. Some of them seem very realistic. But yeah. yeah, this is just... This is an this is an inevitability. It's an inevitability that is... Um, it's a funny inevitability, but it's a thing so many people are completely unaware of. So many people don't even understand what's about to happen to their species. They're like those uh, kids after the tsunami earthquake when the water went back and they're all like poking around in the sand. Like something yeah. seems weird. Yeah. They don't understand that there is this digital wave that's about to consume yeah. them permanently forever there's no way out you can try to escape it but the majority of your species they're about to go spinning down these various reality tunnels that right now we've up to this point we've called video games but they're going to it's going to be a different name video games what a primitive name for what that is yeah they're not video games they're reality simulators realities. yes they're yeah. alternate realities they yeah, and it's amazing that this Oculus Rift is, like, you put it on, and it's fucking crazy. When you go in Left 4 Dead 2 and there's zombies coming at you, of course it looks like Left 4 Dead. Like, it's still animated, and you can tell. Yeah. But for a first generation of this shit, it's fucking amazing, and I can't wait for, like, even a year from now, like, the graphics that are, are going to be in these things. And also the... um uh 
there, there, there. Of course, is gonna, you know the the haptic technologies that are floating around now, like the air guns that can kind of shoot puffs of air at you to yeah. simulate being shot. Well, that's uh, what we were doing. We, we, we'd walk around. We'd like blow air on each other and be like, "Fuck it!" It just heightened it that much more. That see exactly. So that's going to be the it's it's immersive technologies, and that's going to be it. And then, man, my one thing I'd love to see that I mean, I, I don't even I, I've seen like some versions of it, but it definitely just seems like crap. But man, a smell generator. Ugh. Holy shit. Yeah, that's the one thing that they haven't really been able to touch yet. They've got haptic technology. They've had the vest that you wear, the controller trembles, uh, the Xbox controller trembles, just some rudimentary way to uh, connect to your physical body. Uh, But fuck, man, can you imagine how a game imagine playing running through a fire, a fiery forest and you smell smoke? Yes. Or igniting someone with a flamethrower and smelling like flesh. Barbecued flesh. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be fucking crazy if they could ever do that. I, I don't see how. I mean, it seems like they'd have to have. It'll happen. I mean, we were I mean, we were just a room full of stoners getting high playing with this Oculus Rift. And we came up with the idea like, hey, while, while my character's running, like blow on my face to yeah. make it feel like. And we're like, oh, man, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Or like. You know, we'd come up and, like, you're in this 3D world with all these monsters around you. And, you know, whoever was playing, we'd sneak up and, and like, just grab them with our hand. And it, and they really felt like someone was in the game grabbing them. It's a new sex toy, man. People are going to be wearing those fucking things and sucking each other off. It's, yeah. it's inevitability. Well, like. no, there are mods. There are games. My friend downloaded one on, the, on his Rift that's, like... You're in this room with this chick and she's naked. And it is very low resolution. Like, yeah. it is shitty graphics, yeah. but you can tell, like, that's where it starts and it's just going to get fucking crazy. Like, you look down, you're wearing these virtual reality goggles and you look down and you can see your naked body with a fucking boner and then this chick comes <laughs> up and starts sucking it. And I just know they're they're working on fucking like... Of course. Like fleshlights that, you know, strap onto yeah. your dick so while this chick is sucking you off in the virtual reality... And mimics it. Yeah. So, yes, that that's... De- well, they are... I have seen... Uh, they do have a some kind of flashlight that has a USB plug-in that works with certain porn movies. <laughs> I've seen it. It looks kind of scary. It kind of yeah. looks like because they show like the mechanics of it. It looks like a uh, man, kind of like a I don't know, like a treadmill or something. It just seems oh, like it could yeah. malfunction and just vaporize your dick. <laughs> My dick just got ripped off. But then if it does that, they have a a, a mod in the game that if the flashlight accidentally rips your dick off. Like in the virtual world, you see the girl bites your cock off, and it's like hanging yeah. out of her mouth. So at least it makes sense to you. Yeah. So You're at like, least ah, you get that extra I, extra memory. I got a bad prostitute. Yeah, it's going to be you know that, that that aspect of it. You know, it's already like I was the other day. I was driving around and the traffic was slow, and there was a curb and a sidewalk, and it was on it. And I thought, why don't I just do a Grand Theft Auto and drive around these cars on the sidewalk for a second. I bet I won't get caught. And then I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? That's Grand Theft Auto getting into your brain. Yeah. So um, that's going to be really interesting because we're going to start dealing with... um, I I wonder if there's going to be regulation, like video games can only be this realistic, or if they are hyper-realistic, they always have to have 
on screen, some kind of swirling thing so that you know so you're you in know a, you're not in yeah reality. You are in, in you are in a game right now. You're in a game. Uh, you would almost you would you there's a button you can press that would you know where you hear a voice like you're in game now. But like don't forget. Don't forget. This is Rockstar Games reminding you that you are playing a fucking game, you psycho. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, so then, um, uh, on on top of that, there's going to be uh, illegal video games. For example, video games that are guaranteed to drive you mad. Like, for example, a video game where you put the thing on, but it starts... Right where you are in It actual... starts with your house and you taking the thing off, deciding not to play it. Oh, so now you're like, shit, am I in the Did game? Did I just take that off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could, and it doesn't have the you're in game now. Am I in game? Nothing. And it uses that connect technology where it photographs and recreates your room. Yes, yeah. And it also is like some kind of neurological interface so that it completely uh, simulates walking around and stuff. And so that's going to be this thing where they have to like come into people's homes and pull this fucking thing off of them and like resuscitate them. And then they're going to go crazy because they're going to think that's part of the game. That's kind of like I, I always have this thought when I see a blind person of a. What if you took a person who was blind since birth, had no idea what actual colors were, what shit looked like, what a human face looked like, they knew by feel, and then you were able to give them sight. And not as a child, but as like an adult, like a 40-year-old man, you gave sight for the first time. It it would really fuck with their fucking heads, right? Like, oh, that's red? Oh, that's what... Humans That's look what like. hair looks like. Yeah. Oh, I had a, I had no idea. Like it would yeah. be so fucking overwhelming. Right. Well, that's why people freak out so much when they smoke DMT because, you know, in a way, it's like, or, or when you take a really powerful psychedelic trip, in a way, you're experiencing your true identity, what you really are. This thing that is way beyond the human body, and for a lot of people, that's too much. You know, this is. What is it? Plato's allegory of the cave, which is that if you're sitting and staring at a cave wall long enough and seeing shadows, you'll just begin to think that the shadows are reality and yeah. not recognize that there's actually a whole beautiful, colorful world right behind you. That's right. That, and, and that this whole thing is just a reflection of that, um, of, a, of a, you know, a lot of different religions say that this thing is just a reflection uh, of a of truth. That's sort of shimmering in time right. that we think is real. And so what your idea of like a blind man seeing, that's why in so many, uh, you know, that's like, a, oh, yeah, like there's this prayer um, that you read before you read the Bhagavad Gita that goes, Hey, that, hey, <laughs> you have to have that is a uh, that prayer means. I was born in the darkest of ignorance, but my spiritual master opened my eyes with a torch of knowledge. And right. that's this idea that like we're all existing in a in a reality that is that we all agree on like this is it, but it's so far from reality. It's limited, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that if we experience the real thing, it's it's we can't even see it or it's we don't want to see it or we don't want to deal with the reality of the thing because the reality of the thing is 
not palatable to most people. We don't want to just be a cyclone of atoms that's about to dissipate into infinity in less than 20 or 30 years. We want to right. believe that we're going to be around forever. We don't want to believe that everything that we're in is just this magmatic And it flow. becomes more and more urgent of a feeling the, the older you get. I'm, I become more and more obsessed with like how much time I have left, like the older I get. You know, right. I'm, I'm like at an age now, you know, I'm 44. I'm like, I know people who've had strokes at this age. I know people who've had heart attacks at this age. Well, that's, you know, and of course, that's because you identify yourself with, with your body. Right. And, and that is, uh, you know, in a lot of different forms of yoga, the first thing they tell you is you are not your body. You're not your body. You've just gotten, you know, very fixated on this particular um form that is existing in infinity, but you're actually awareness, pure awareness and pure consciousness that has kind of gotten linked to this particular being called Steve Agee. But when that thing dies, it's like when you turn the radio off, the radio station doesn't go away. It right. just it just is um, manifests in other different forms. That's the idea. Now, you... You've done DMT. How many times would you say you've you've tried DMT? Once. No. Okay. Well, no. I did it. Actually, I've done it three times. But the first time was with something called 5-MeO DMT, which you used to be able to order from the internet. It was legal. No way. And yeah. And that it was not. That is not pleasant stuff. It's. I didn't enjoy it at all, and it was a real horror trip. And How like, long does it last? Ten minutes. Oh shit. 10 minutes. Yeah. And 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 but that stuff I would not recommend for anyone. It was just uh you know, I I read on Arrowhead, you know, descriptions of it and everyone's like this is very potent and it kind of like eliminates the self. It's an ego dissolver. Um and it 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 sort of you know, when I did it I just fell on my bed and I when I could think, I thought I'd killed myself. I thought, "Oh, I have Jesus. I have killed myself. I'm dying. This is death." And then I was gone. And then when I finally came back in, uh, I was terrified and I pushed myself off my bed and I was dizzy and I looked in. The, everything was melting. I looked in the mirror and like my eyes were black and I was my heart was pounding. It was very terrifying. And then uh, six minutes passed and it's like, oh, I'm fine. Scared. Like not not happy, like really. But free. it doesn't feel like six minutes, right? While it's happening. Well, you're gone. It's just you. You're you. You're, you turn into some kind of like um, colorful putty for a second, and then you're just gone. You're just liquid nothingness. Your your thoughts just sort of kaleidoscope, and then that's <sighs> then you're gone. That's no fun. I didn't have fun with that. But um, the second time I did it, I didn't. I was really scared, so I only I didn't take a big enough hit. Um, because the way you, uh, if, if you're going to take DMT, there's two ways to take it. You can take it through ayahuasca, which is um, a combination of, I think, a root and a bark. And, and mm -hmm. the, I don't know which is which. I think the bark is an MAO inhibitor because if you like, if I fed you DMT right now, you wouldn't, it wouldn't do anything because right. it doesn't pass through the blood-brain barrier. Right. But if you take it with an MAO inhibitor, it gets in, it can get into your brain, and then that's what creates the really intense trip people talk about with ayahuasca, yeah. which lasts several hours, yeah. more like a mushroom trip. DMT you, is a freebase. So you smoke it, and you have to take um, several hits of it. You should take several hits of it. And then uh, 
it's really curious. Your your hands start trembling. Like you're, you'll start. You get this very strange shake. Like you're nervous, and and like you 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 put my that, hands are sweating right now. Just yeah. hearing about it. You 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 put the you know you put down whatever implement you're using to smoke it, which is like basically a crack pipe which is really embarrassing like if you go and try to purchase a crack pipe it's not like you can tell the person hey this is for DMT yeah, I don't smoke a, I don't smoke I'm not crack. a drug addict yeah yeah it's it's really it's a it's you know so there's a lot of that unfortunate cultural conditioning mechanisms that come with your first contact with this amazing drug and then you um you uh you inhale it and my experience with it was um These uh, tubules, like just, ah, man, just thousands and thousands of these beautiful tubules were coming out of nothing and sort of connecting to my chest and my um, uh, my my body. Not because, you know, I'd been having, uh, b- uh, before I smoked DMT, I'd been having a lot of like, uh, I have scoliosis. Mm-hmm. And so I've been having a lot of like weird little like chest pains. I'd gotten chest x-rays and everything was fine, but I still was having this kind of like these weird chest pains I had all my life. And it's like these tubules were like going right to where that was, attaching to it. And it felt like love, just love, just pumping in, love pumping in. And this, it's not a voice, yeah. but a sense of a presence, this thing there that is like, and I've read this before, so maybe it was a placebo effect, but it's a presence that is just kind of trying to calm you down. Like you're um, someone who is in the back of an ambulance and is really scared. And it's yeah. this thing of like, just what it felt like it was telling me is accept this, accept yeah. this. And so, you you know, at that point you realize, oh, fuck, I have to, I have a problem accepting love. Like, I, this is what my problem has been for my whole life, yeah. opening myself up to this kind of feeling because we're terrified of love. So right away you start giving, getting these, like, epiphanies that are coming from it. And then you close your eyes and now you're in this i mean for me it was just this undulating maze of uh beautiful geometries and um i, I it, impossible Can't to explain. describe beauty uh, terence mckenna describes it as a niagaras of epiphanous beauty so it's it, it, your ego isn't getting dissolved it's just as though like all of a sudden in this very small window of time these super intelligent beings or some over uh, some some transcendent force recognizes that it has this little brief window of time to like do some adjustments. Yeah. So then 10, you know, 10 minutes pass. Now you're fine. You feel giddy, happy. You have a kind of permagrin. You feel I felt it's like someone whispered the secret of everything into your ear. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderful answer to everything you've been wondering about, but now you have amnesia. So all you can remember is this sense of like, oh, I oh, needed that. What's that? I needed that. Yeah. I didn't need to be afraid. And then four hours pass. And, you know, I'm expecting this kind of serotonin depletion level depression to creep up on me or some kind of like darkness to come in. But you realize nothing. You're getting happier. You're not high anymore, mm-hmm. but you're just feeling more like you want to call somebody and tell them that you love them or more like you want to exercise. And yeah. then uh, I found myself grasping for – because my – you know, I'm a depressive person. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not completely gone away. This is not a cure-all by any means, but this heaviness, it's like it dislodged a splinter or something, and I found myself grasping for it, like trying to go back to that weird familiarity that came from the heaviness of this uh, I don't know, you know, the way we, we all accumulate heaviness and dark energy. And it's like it's gone. So you're going, it's like almost like you have a scab that you used to like to pick at. And then you're going back to it. It's like, where the fuck is that? What was that thing I had? I had this anchor that I used yeah. to love to hold on to. And, um, and that, 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 uh, that feeling has not, hasn't left me. Like I still, get anxiety i still feel sure. guilty insecure sure. all the all the stuff it's not like it's not you there you deal anymore. with it yeah differently. yeah but now it's just a sense of like and since then like it's so weird but like am i i've gotten my house five times cleaner it's like <laughs> you know what i mean i'm i'm getting shit done it's like it's yeah. really weird it, it had a very medicinal effect on me i have a friend who used heroin like was addicted to heroin and for a long time, and then quit, got off of it, and was off of it for years, and said that even though they were off of heroin, hadn't used it in ye- years, not like months, but years, they would still think about it constantly. Yeah. The urge, like, all, like we wake up and I'm thinking about heroin. I go to bed at night, I'm thinking about heroin. For years, they just occupied my friend's thoughts. My friend went to Peru and did ayahuasca. And after they did ayahuasca, never, ever had had that feeling again. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there are so many stories of the curative effects of experiences with DMT. Um, that it, it, and, and there's research that's been done on it. You know, there's a whole documentary called DMT, the Spirit Molecule, that um, sort of breaks down why why it lasts 10 minutes, which is that it's an endogenous chemical that people say is apparently in the pineal gland. But that's uh, that's been disputed. But it definitely is already within uh, within us. So mm-hmm. your body knows how to deal with it, which is why in 10 minutes you're totally fine because it, your body – Complete, like burns through it really fast. Are you functional in those ten minutes? Well, like if you took DMT right now, yeah. In the height of those ten minutes, you were in this room. Could you get up and walk to that door? Yes, I think you could. But or are you in a different world? Like seeing, like I think that. I mean, I I think it depends on the dosage. You know, I, I imagine if you know, I've heard that. They talk about uh, in the book DMT, the spirit molecule, they talk about, you know, I think they were intravenously giving people DMT. So they talk about the successive levels of the experience that eventually end in amnesia. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that in like a really high dosage that you're going to be getting up. And I think with ayahuasca, people tend to lay down and and they they get up to vomit because the, there's a purging effect that happens um uh when you do it cuz you you're sort of basically it's it's like when you put salt if you're an evil person or a gardener and you put salt on a slug and it yeah. dries it out it does that for negativity inside right. a person so the purging thing that happens with ayahuasca is the physical manifestation of you vomiting out 
all of this um, suffering that you've been clinging on to. And they call it the vine of death because they say that uh, the beginning phases of it is it communicates with you. It, you, you have to die. Like it, it invites you to die. And as long as you hold on to your life, you have a really, you can have a rough trip. Like my friend said, <laughs> my friend said that he hallucinated sliding down a um, giant vine with thorns coming out of it that were ripping his body to pieces. It was like, he looked down, it was like ripping his balls open and just like tearing him to shreds. And the moment he stopped resisting it and was like, okay, I, I guess this is how I'm going to die. All of a sudden, that's when you get sucked through this. Into, into, into you, that's when you really start getting the um, the healing effects of the thing. I mean, we take penicillin. We we take uh, so many chemicals to heal the various ailments that afflict yeah. humans. Yeah. Yet for some reason, when it comes to psychedelics or become the idea that a psychoactive chemical could have a curative effect. That is crazy. It, well, I think it's the the fear of the unknown, like of what you're going to see or what you're going to find while you're on it. Because that really is what scared me about acid before I did it. I mean, the, granted, the first time was I was dosed. Then I, you know, I did it one more time at a bachelor party out in the desert and was like terrified before I took it because I remembered the bad trip that I had had before. I was like seeing monsters and shit. Yes. Um I think there's just a weird, like, you know, I think most people realize that their brain is capable of a lot more and that a lot of people are afraid of what it's capable of, you know? Well, yes. And that's good. I, I think that's a very healthy thing to have a fear of, of uh, psychedelics. And I think it's important to respect psychedelics. Um, and I was terrified of DMT because uh, when I take mushrooms, I don't, know, I, I don't know if I'll ever take them again. I, 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 it's never that pleasant a trip for me. And when I take, you know, I haven't taken LSD in eons, but when I, when I did, you know, there, you know, it is like, shit, man, what direction is this thing going to take? Because <laughs> yeah. a lot can happen in eight to 10 hours. A lot of phone calls can happen. A lot of thoughts can happen. And if you're not prepared to deal with that, then, you know, especially LSD, which is sort of a, the mind is already an echo chamber where your uh, uh, habitual thoughts bounce around, and then LSD amplifies that times a trillion. So if you just get one festering little thought in, in your mind and allow it to grow, it'll turn into a beast. I think anyone who is – like I was – you know, before I'd done it, I was afraid of LSD. I was like – uh, I was, you know, in my head, I'm like, I, I think I'm the type of person that would have a, have a bad trip. I'm pretty sure I would have a bad trip. And then when I was dosed, before I realized I was dosed, I was fine. I just thought I was seeing weird shit. And I was like, that's weird that that's happening. But I was accepting it and I was fine. But as soon as my friend was like, what are you talking about? I don't see that. Yeah. And then my friend was like, oh, shit, I think you've been dosed. As soon as he said that, it flipped a switch to the negative and like everything was horrifying. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's the, I think the ultimate example of how not to take a psychedelic is when you don't uh, consent to take it. And, um, you know, that's the, as far on this end of the spectrum of bad, possible bad trips as you can get. 
Then on the other side of it, you have the hippie prescription for how to take a psychedelic, which is take three days off. Go to a nice place with two friends. Yeah. Uh, take three days off. The first day is just to, like, relax, meditate, think, have fun. Not to be heavy or anything, but just to relax because we all work so hard. We're always freaked out. Just find a nice place to go to relax. Yeah. The second day, um, you have uh, two people that you trust with you. And you have the psychedelic, and uh, one of the person, one person is not going to get high. He's just there to get people whatever they need, maybe to get laughed at, or just to be cool, or just to hold a nice space. But just to be there as a kind of, as a kind of servant. Just make sure you don't run out in traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or he could take a kind of low, low level dose and just get a little bit of the experience. And then the person that you're with can take the same dose that you take, and then you guys go into the thing together in the spirit of like expanding your consciousness and um and then the third day is a day to think about everything that happened so i mean when like take a psychedelic most people will like i'm gonna take take, i'm gonna trip and then the next day they gotta be at work so it's like you're you're on you're on this six hour voyage that is haunted by the fact that and at some point you're going to be having to cruise through traffic to get to work I mean, if you're a skilled, if you know how to do it, then you could probably pull that off. But why torture yourself like yeah. that? Well, I did. I, I did um, ecstasy once. Only done it once, I believe. And um, <laughs> it was it was brutal on me. Like it, the high was good, but the next day was. Ugh. It was the most depleting thing I've ever. Like I, uh. I hit a low of like the lowest depression I've ever had in my life. I would never do it again. But not thinking that I'd never heard of like depression after you take that. I didn't know about that. So I took it on like a Sunday night or no, a Saturday night. And I had a family reunion to go to the next day. And I fucking was at this family reunion with people I hadn't seen in like 10 years and was just so fucking low that I couldn't talk to anybody and then we're sitting at dinner and I just start crying and uh, <laughs> I was just like it that, took me days to recover from that shit. and this is all a result of the war on drugs this is what we get from the war on drugs what we get from the war on drugs is not less people doing drugs what we get is more people doing drugs the wrong way and in so many indigenous cultures you're there's a shaman there's someone there who like a doctor or a psychologist who teaches you how to take a psychedelic and explains what's going to happen and where you're where it's going to take you and why you want to go there in the first place and when you should take the medicine but here it's like Many people are taking it out just out of a sense of rebelliousness, more rebelliousness than curiosity even. You know, they just like because humans like to be free and not repressed by creating this ridiculous prohibition on uh, on on psychedelics. All you've done is made it so that instead of using it as an exploratory tool, they're using it as an expression of rebellion, which is fine. But it's still to have that kind of undercurrent or tinge of anger or fighting back in a in an event which should really just be like diving into a hot tub yeah. filled with flowers and having sex <laughs> with someone that you're deeply in love with you know yeah why ruin it you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be anything more than a wonderful mini vacation you just have to be very responsible about taking it yeah i took it i was hanging out with a girl who i had a huge crush on and she found it in one of her drawers in her apartment she's like oh my god i 
I found ecstasy. I have. I forgot I had this. You want to do it? And just because I wanted to like yes. hook up with this girl, I was like, yep, I'll do it. <sighs> and I didn't want to do it. Man, that that is a problem because that's another – see, man, there's so many reasons to not do drugs. And I've broken all of those rules. But one of yeah. them is don't do – don't take a psychedelic because you want to fuck. Don't take a psychedelic. Oh, yeah. And that didn't even happen. Yeah, it won't. It wasn't – it was so non-sexual. Like, it felt great being on it. I, I get why people do it. But it was – for me, the you know, the period of coming down for two or three days afterwards was – Horrific. But, but I just want to say, I want to clarify, take a psychedelic and fuck, but only with someone that you're really in love with and you know that that's going to happen. Don't take a psychedelic <laughs> on the first date. With somebody you don't mind having sex with while their face melts off yeah. while you're staring into their eyes. That is very, very bad. Is, <laughs> and also, you know, the problem with ecstasy is you're dealing with these. Were these like imprinted pills, like pills with the weird symbols on them? I that, think so. I don't remember. I just remember she put it in my hand and I uh, – my only – I only remember thinking, wow, this is really small. This probably won't do anything to me. Uh, how many times? I'm glad there weren't more because I might have been like, you know, an hour later I was like, I'm not feeling anything. Yeah, that, you know, there's, there's a, a, a you, you should just treat, treat taking psychedelics like you're going uh, rock mountain climbing. Make sure that the people you're with are people that you uh, are willing to, uh, that you're, that you trust enough to climb a rock face with yeah. and make sure that the equipment you're using is as high grade as possible. If you make the mistake of uh, being lazy on either of these two fronts, you open yourself up to having a really rough time. You never, I would say never do psychedelics with that friend of yours that's always fucking with you, like, you know, th oh. that loves to scare you, like when you're yeah. not expecting it or, or loves to pull your chair out, like never do it with somebody that you're not fully at ease. Yeah, being never around. do it with the vampire that's existing around you. Don't do it with that cunty shithead that you're pretending is your friend yeah. who's really just a sociopathic sadist who enjoys making people feel bad around him. <laughs> don't take psychedelics with that person. In fact, don't take anything with that person. <laughs> Get away from him as fast as you can. He's ruining your life and he's definitely definitely going to fuck your girlfriend or your sister or your mom. <laughs> I know I used to be that person. I used to be that guy. But you've got you have to be you have to be um you have to be very uh very careful uh like that. Or you know, the person who likes to pull the uh uh camera out and make oh, YouTube yeah. videos when yeah. you're freaking out and when you're weeping over your dead grandmother. I'm find this, hey man. man, let me film this. <laughs> you're really losing it, bro. It's just six seconds, man. Dude, I saw this YouTube video of these kids smoking salvia, and it was one of the saddest things. It's like these three three kids, you know, kind of like rough and tumble. They're they're in, you know, it seems like they might be in a trailer, just some kind of like shitty apartment, and like they're just teens, like getting high, and like one of them smokes DMT. He's surrounded by these two kids. He comes down. He's like, "You guys, I, I just felt." as though we were all part of one thing, that we all come from one thing, that we're all the same thing and we've known each other forever. And his friend's like, shut the fuck up, idiot. Punches him in the arm. He's like, listen to you. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen so many Salvia videos. Like, There's one Salvia video I saw which bummed me out. These two roommates, and one of them was a fucking kind of a, a frat boy type roommate. 
he gives his roommate a joint. He's filming him, and he takes a hit of this joint, which he doesn't know is salvia. And he's like, takes, or it, it might have been in a pipe. This kid, you know, takes a huge hit of what he thinks is weed, and then he's holding it, and then his roommate goes, dude, that's not fucking weed. That's salvia, you fucking idiot. And then the guy just starts, like, fucking going off yeah. into space and, like, his friend's fucking with him the whole time. I'm like, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, that's yeah. horrifying. Yeah, I mean, that's what you get. That's what you get if you consort with the pigs. They're going to they're gonna bite you and, 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 like, hurt you. They always do it. That's just, that's just a function of them. It's like, yeah. that's a function of being on autopilot. If you're on autopilot long enough, you'll definitely have someone in your social circle that yeah. has made a real show of being a dick. It's like, that's just who I am. You better be prepared when you hang out with Jason, you never know what's going to happen. Ugh. Yeah, I I hate being around those those people that are like that are your friends, but like their version of a sense of humor or joking around is just insulting you. Yeah, not friend. Ugh. That's not the fucking worse. But that's not friend. Like that's not friend. That's like the kind of thing like, you know, some people in New York are like, you know, that's just how we are to each other. We like to be – I've heard people say that. You know, in New York, that's how comics are to each other. They're, we're mean to each other. And it's – I don't understand that. And I don't – like, you know, the older I get, uh, I, I feel like it's a luxury to be able to uh, – get distance myself from people like that because yeah. you know at first you don't really even have that luxury you just end up with a being like that and you're not you you you're not yeah. you don't know that you, that you don't have to live like that yeah. but then you can really start just you know m removing those people one at a time from from your life and then things just get better yeah and then there's room for somebody else to come in who's not an asshole yeah like, i mean like it, dustin yeah like dustin <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you 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 really like. I mean, the, you you can you can really just ruin your life by the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. But what's really amazing is you can, believe it or not, guys out there, you can actually get around people who will make your life a million times better. And you know, like you know, like even when you're like in high school and you're going over your friend's house. And you're like, oh, I hope Todd's not like. There are all there are always those people where you're like, I hope so and so is not there. Yes. And you walk in and you see him and you're like, well, I'm hanging out because uh, my other friends are here. But fuck that guy. Yes, there's always that person, and that's a great litmus test for who you don't need to be with. Is the person when? And what's interesting is we have this this uh, masochistic impulse. Like I used to anyway, where the shitty, where I'd call the shitty person. I'd call the shitty yeah, person yeah. to talk to them, even though I know when I talk to them, they're probably just going to say nasty things to me and make me feel scared and paranoid. What's up, faggot? What do you want? Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Well, hey, I wanted to hang out, but now I'm not so sure. I'm the jovial insulter. Yeah. <laughs> the jovial insulter. I'm guilty of this, though. I do this. You know, I, you know, that's, it's, you just have to figure out if you're doing it for to play or if you're doing it because you want to be bitten or you want to bite. And if you're yeah. doing it for the latter, then just take a break. Do some chanting, jog, whatever. Just <laughs> no. Go for a swim. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how long have we been doing this, Dustin? 75 minutes. You can wrap up. Yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. Great. Um, we did it. All right, we did I'm it. So, that's one of my longer podcasts, too, by the way. 
that, I could have talked, by the way, for another hour easily. Me too, man. That was a blast. I love, uh, and we never hang out that much, but I, like, I love when I go to a show and you're in the green room uh, and like hanging out. Likewise, man. I yeah, it's all yeah. You're the opposite of um, a vampire, Todd. I think you of called him Todd. Todd. I did call him. <laughs> I think that's because I've been watching Breaking Bad and Todd uh, is just the fucking worst. Well, man, when I get my rift, let's have a rift party. Yeah. Because once I get the fucking thing, I, I want to have some people over. I don't know if that's too nerdy or something. No, right? no. It's fucking fun. Okay. It's uh, fun watching. Like, I love just, because I'll get a little motion sickness. I, that'll go away when they figure out a way to adjust the head tracking, you know, because an Oculus Rift, it. You know, it's great, you know, when you look left, right, up or down, but it doesn't have like, you know, if you move your head yeah. side to side or that's what front I heard. or back, and that's what makes you nauseous. Yeah. I hope that that is going to be an upgrade to the whatever. The, I hope that's a driver and not a mechanical thing. I'm hoping that the uh, developer's kit is going to be the same as the consumer-based thing, so I don't have to yeah. buy it again. I mean, regardless, it's, it's fucking amazing. Like, if anyone wants to go on my Instagram and watch the videos that I've posted of my friend like having complete panic attacks on oculus rift oh, they're wait. hilarious i can't wait um all right well do you have anything you want to plug duncan has a, a podcast the duncan trussell family hour yes here on feral which you should check yes. out it's amazing yes it's at duncantrussell.com i uh, just did a great one uh with uh the guy who wrote sex at dawn that book on non non-monogamy chris ryan oh wow he's awesome I didn't listen to that yeah he's super cool so yeah yeah listen to that and um, and listen to me more as podcasts come out. You gotta come, man. You gotta come on my podcast again. Anytime. I, I, I did a podcast with Duncan. I like the day I destroyed that. Podcast. Like a year and a half ago, and he lost it. Ah, uh, man. That, it's like I, I I still remember. You know what, man? I think I was stoned. It was on Easter. I think I was stoned too. Like I, my excuse for deleting it was like, like it was bad. It's like, oh, I just got high and didn't know what I was. I was fucking around with the machine, or I forgot and I deleted it, or I thought I'd exported it. I but. remember because we did it on Easter, Easter Sunday, and I, and I went to the Forest Lawn Cemetery, cemetery just before I went to your house. Yep, it was a good one. We talked about death. Man, let's do let's do one. When, right. You know what? When I get my rift, let's do it then, and we'll like yeah. yeah, we'll we'll do we'll like go on. We'll wear the rift. And, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. All right, cool. Uh, thanks, Duncan. My pleasure, Steve. Thank you. And thanks, Dustin. Thank you, Dustin. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Duncan, uh, for coming in, driving all the way to Burbank. That was very nice of you. What a pal. Um, remember, everybody, uh, Feral Audio is a collective, which means it's listener-supported. So please uh, click one of the links on any one of the the podcast pages uh, to donate to Feral. Everything you give helps us out and uh, is much appreciated. Also, if you're going to go buy stuff at Amazon, use one of the links on our pages, and we get a small kickback at no extra cost to you. And... Um, so go buy those shoes that you've always wanted or that sex swing um, or a casket. Yep, you can buy a casket. Uh, and thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. 
Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 